Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The, the appreciation, number one, but the, the awe that we, that we feel when we enter into the presence of God. I never want to lose that, that knowledge that we're, we're stepping into something that has eternal consequence. And that our lives are coming in contact with something far, far bigger than us. And that's in that place that God can touch us and mold us and make us into what he's wanting us to be. I just want to say how thankful I am again to be in the place, to be in the house, to be in his presence. If you would join me in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29. We're just going to read one verse of scripture. And I'm just going to take a few moments and just say what I think God wants me to say. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not, an, not of evil to give you an expected end. Can we just lift our hands one more time? Let's ask the Lord to have his way. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you for this place. I thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. And I thank you for the privilege, God, to stand here at this sacred desk. Help me, Lord, to do what you have told me to do, God. Help me, Lord, to be anointed of you to speak your word. Anoint our minds and our hearts right now, God, to hear and receive, God, what thus saith the word of God in this place tonight, God. And we'll be careful in this moment, God, to give you praise and to give you the glory and honor, God, that you are so, so deserving of. And, God, we thank you for who you are. And the church said amen. You may be seated. I'm just going to take a few moments tonight and speak to you from just a very simple thought. There is a plan. Here in this particular passage of Scripture, we find a letter. It's written to the children of Israel that are carried away captive into Babylon. The letter is written by the prophet Jeremiah to Israel from the Lord. And it is in response to statements and proclamations made by Hananiah the prophet. This letter begins with rather disheartening sentiment because God says he's the one who's caused them to be carried away. He says that in Jeremiah 29 and 4. Then verses 5 through 10, he makes a rather, or what our mentality would be a very odd statement. He tells them to build houses and dwell in them. He tells them to plant gardens 
and eat the fruit of them. Tells them to take wives and have sons and daughters. And then take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands that they may have sons and daughters. And give you grandchildren. And that's, this is the reason for that. That you may increase there and not be diminished. And furthermore, the Lord tells them to seek the peace of the city. And to pray for it. For in that peace, they would have peace. Now on the surface, this would seem counterintuitive in our way of thinking because they're in captivity. They're in bondage. Our human intellect would say that the things that God is telling them to do at this point in time would constitute a state of happiness or in some cases a state of perfection. You see, our human nature tells us that these things in and of themselves produce happiness and in some cases, in our own minds, joy and perfection. And so moreover to this, to produce these things, it would take time. And as human beings, we have a tendency to want things to be absolutely perfect. We want things to go our way, and we want everything to be easy. You know, it's pretty much shoved down our throats from birth in this society that we live in, that everything has to be just right. Everything could be your way. We live in a society today that has people that don't mind having things just handed to them, and they don't necessarily want to work for anything. People think that they are entitled to the best of the best. So we have this notion that things are going to be great from the very beginning. From the very start, there's not going to be any problems and any hardships. And when we have those things, when they're not perfect, well, then the world is suddenly against us. You see, we desire a euphoric state with no issues and no bad circumstances. That in and of itself is not a bad thing. However, it's just not true. It doesn't work that way. Life does not always pan out this way. You see, there's false thinking in the world that exists in some circles that say just because that you live for God, that you are his creation, that you belong to him, and at some point proclaim Christianity, then suddenly everything is just going to be perfect. But this is a wrong statement, and it's simply not true. You see, the rain falls on the just, just as it does on the unjust. And so we must remember that we live in a fallen world that is in a fallen state. The children of Israel had a similar situation. Things didn't look great. Captivity had befallen them, and things were certainly not perfect. Yet false prophets had risen in the midst of them and had began to preach a very soothing message telling them that their captivity would be quickly overturned and short-lived. Essentially, they told them that their calamity would be quickly overturned. and they, co- they caressed them and they soothed them with their words assuring them that they were sent from God, but they were not. So let's bring this where we are. Can we just bring that down to where we live? 
I believe that first and foremost, this is what we should glean from this. If there ever were a time in this world today more important than now, we need more than anything to have the spirit of discernment in this hour. We must be able to rightly divide the word of truth and learn to hear the voice of the Lord. You see, God was instructing the children of Israel much, much differently than what they were being told. And I can tell you today that there is still a certain sound being sounded and declared even still today in 2015. There are a lot of false doctrines in the world today. Can we agree with that? More than you can literally count, deception is absolutely rampant in our society. People are lured into all kinds of false religions. And so because they're false by their very nature, they become a false sense of security. Now I know that we're all founded and grounded in this house, but deception is real. And even among apostolics, we need to have the spirit of discernment in this hour. There are so-called preachers and self-proclaimed prophets that will tell you that if you'll just complete a course or sign a card or send some money or read a book, that everything is just going to miraculously be okay. They mostly speak of an easy-believing doctrine and soft messages that lure people into false sense of spiritual security. Brother Jerry Herndon just said that the other night. He alluded to it when he said, everyone nowadays is a Christian and no one is going to hell. You would be hard-pressed to find anyone in this world today that could tell you, no, I'm not living right, no, I'm not doing right, and yes, if I died today, I would go to hell because everyone is saved. It's a falseness that will have many people sadly falling into a bottomless pit where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's just inevitable. But in all of this, God is still speaking. In all of this, God still has a precise plan. I know we probably all heard this illustration, and I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but there's, there's a commonality in our world today that says this, lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Unfortunately, this saying is used in the world today at an alarming rate. Customer service within business, you can find it in any professional atmosphere. They may not verbally express it, but it is a spirit among them. And it has created an attitude that says, you're in the mess you're in because it's your own fault. You deal with it however you see fit or don't. You make your bed and you sleep in it. But I'm so thankful today that the kingdom of God does not work that way. Jesus Christ does not say these things to us. And the kingdom is not set up that way. Because God has always had a plan. From the very beginning, he spoke things into existence. His thought became actual created things. And we see them today. With that very spoken word, he knew, he knew then what would become of it. Through the corridor of time, he saw things unfold as he began to speak it. He saw the state of mankind. He, he saw the flood. He saw the rise and fall of nations. And he saw the collapse of kingdoms. He saw pain. He saw agony and antagonism. He saw tumultuous times and he saw hardship. He saw that deception and despair would be rampant. 
He saw that what he created was good. And yet he saw that mankind was destined for a fall. But in all of that, all the way through that, through the corridor of time, he saw the cross and he saw redemption and he saw me and he saw you. The Bible says that he had a plan even before the world existed. He knew what Adam and Eve would do in their rebellion. He knew the actions that it would produce in murder, in, in, in the relationship between Cain and Abel. He saw the adultery, the deception, and the lies between David and Bathsheba. However, his word still speaks today when he says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29 and 11 in the Amplified says it like this, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. The King James uses the phrase expected end. The Amplified version says your final outcome, which is what that phrase actually means in our more modern language. But let's, let's just take a closer look at that, shall we? The word expected is from a, is from a word, tikvah, which literally means accord, as an attachment. Figuratively, it means expectancy or expectation, hope, expectation, or ground of hope, or things hoped for. And so the root of that word is kava, which literally means to bind together, perhaps by twisting. Figuratively, it means to expect or gather, to look patiently or tarry and wait for. The word wait in Isaiah 40 and 31 comes from this same root word, kava. So to boil all that down is to say this, God has given us a line. He's given us a cord. He's given us something to hold on to. But more than that, he's given us something that will hold on to us. He's given us hope. He's given that hope to hold on to. A hope that once we're fastened to it, it will hold on to us. It will some, it's something that will connect us. And it's something that transcends any circumstance in any situation. Because... Here's the bottom line. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations and sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances that may or may not be our own doing. Where you are right now may not look like a perfect scene. This may be maybe not where you plan to be in this particular juncture of your life. And sometimes things don't just turn around and get better immediately. Sometimes they're just consequences to certain actions that must be fulfilled. You see, there's a law of the harvest, and it cannot be circumvented, and it cannot be gotten around. There will just be seasons in our lives that we have to walk through, and there are just going to be seasons and circumstances that we're going to have to endure. But the thing about it is, is that God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be well right where you are, no matter where that is. He wants you to have peace right where you are. He wants you to increase right where you are. 
He wants you to reproduce and bear fruit right where you are. But the thing is, he won't leave you there. His plans for you and for your life are much bigger than you or I could ever imagine. He promised Israel that he would not leave them there, only for a season of time. But he had a plan that had already been put in place. And so today, we too have that promise. Because God has already devised a plan for you and I before we were ever even thought of. Now we're going to travel down some, some, some familiar roads, so please don't disconnect. Because I promise I'm going somewhere. His plan is this. It was in his birth. There is only one God who is father of all. He stepped into a body of flesh in the, in, in the body of Jesus Christ in that birth. He lived in that body as a man, fully as a man. And he lived to set an example for us to live by. And then he died on Calvary. He shed his blood for the remission of sins. And through his burial and his resurrection, he rose triumphantly with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Because you and I didn't plan for all of this. We didn't even know all of this was going on beforehand. We were just born into it. Every person is born of a woman is born into sin and into a sinful world. David said in Psalm 51 and 5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Job 14 and 1, Job says man that is born of a woman is, full of, is, is a few days and full of trouble. But Jesus Christ was not born into, nor was he shapen in iniquity. He was the only sinless man, the lamb for sinners slain, even before the foundations of the world. He was, he is, and he always will be the way, the truth, and the life. So God says this, lack of planning on your part <laughs> has given birth to my plan. Lack of planning on your part has given birth to my plan and his plan is here and his plan is available to everyone that is under the sound of my voice at this very moment so let's boil this down just a little bit more what exactly does this mean and how do we attain this plan a man named Nicodemus essentially wanted to know the same thing and he asked Jesus some questions John 3 and 3 Jesus answered him and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Because that which is a is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit marvel not that I said unto thee you must be born again verse 8 the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth so is everyone that is born of the spirit and so that's how we enter into the plan you must be born again of water and of spirit and just as a baby cries at birth, so shall there be evidence when you are born again. Only in the spirit there will be language. You see, that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, you'll hear the sound thereof. Because the word sound actually means language. 
And the apostles, they understood this. And they obeyed Jesus' commandment to return to Jerusalem. And they waited for that promise. We know this because in Acts 2 and 1, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so we all know this. When this was noised abroad, people began to marvel. Some mocked, some made assumptions as to what was happening. But the boldness of Peter and the Holy Ghost within him rose up and spoke. And Peter rose and spoke into fruition the plan fulfilled. Everything that God has for us began to, to unfold at the moment that he spoke. From the very first word God spoke when he said, let there be. And that spark of light immediately followed, began to unfold as Peter spoke these words. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So that's the plan, repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is turning away from sin. Baptism washes them away and puts you in the kingdom. And then the Holy Ghost puts the kingdom in you. The Spirit of God indwelling in you will lead you into all truth. And His Spirit will be what enables us to hear His voice and to be led by it. And so now we have the plan. All we need to do now is seek after it and apply it to our lives. We have the promise and we have a principle that if we seek it, we will find it. And if we ask for it, he will give it. Because he said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye, ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. God wants us to prosper right where we are. But his plans are much, much bigger. They are to ensure that we make it to where he is. You see, just like he told Israel he would gather them from all the four corners of the earth, he will do the same for a people that are called by his name when he returns for his church. That's the hope. And we know this. But before all this happens, we have work to do. Now the next few statements I need to preface with this. I've been speaking to myself from the very beginning. But if any, if it, at any time of I was ever speaking to anybody, I'm speaking to me right now. And I am in no wise exempt from what I'm about to say. I don't have all of this down, and I don't have all of this mastered. 
So please take this in the spirit that I say it. We must take what he has given us, this plan, and give it to a lost and dying world. I said it before and I'll say it again, that we are living in a fallen world. It's a world that is marked with tragedy and heartache. But what we have will give those people the hope that we have. What we have in our possession will will heal every broken heart and it will mend every broken life. It is not only expected, but it is mandated that we spread this gospel. And this is what I believe that the Lord is speaking in this hour. I believe that he's telling us today, I have plans for you if you will just walk in them. They are plans that you cannot even imagine. But you must enter into that plan and into that purpose if you are going to bring it to fruition. If I can just say it like this, it's time to start building some houses. It's time to start planting some vineyards. It's time to begin reproducing and giving birth to souls so that they can in turn give birth to more souls. This is the prosperity that the Lord wants for us. This is the blessing that he wants us to attain. You see, there is a delicate balance that we must live in with one hand on heaven and one hand on a lost and dying world. We must live with the knowledge and the expectancy that God can come for his church right now yet live with the burden of leaving a heritage for future generations if he so tarries. I know that the world we live in is evil. I have no inclination that it's not. It's not an ideal situation for any Christian. But we are mandated to carry out this gospel and we are mandated to pray for our leaders and to live as peaceably as we can with all men. We must seek to continue in the plan and purpose of God until we see that day. And if our musicians will come, I'm, I'm coming to a close. We must seek to continue in the plan and the purpose of God. And we must work while it is still day. 56-year-old James Robertson is a native of Detroit, Michigan. And over the years, he's seen the ravages of hard times eat away at the economy and the job market of the city he calls home. With limited options close to home, he was forced to take a job outside of Detroit in neighboring Rochester Hills where he would come to earn $10.55 per hour for a job at an engineering factory. It was a 21-mile round-trip commute, which wasn't so bad until 10 years ago when his 1988 Honda Accord conked out on him. So unable to afford a new vehicle, he was left to walk it. And so for the past 10 years, James Robertson has walked a 21-mile round-trip trek to work. Even more amazingly, he has managed to achieve 
perfect attendance. Robertson sometimes indulged in riding the bus for part of his journey as well as occasionally enjoying a lift here and there from a compassionate commuter. But most of the miles, some 54,600 of them, have been trod on the soles of his feet. Blake Pollock, a financial executive who travels a similar route to work, first spotted him about a year and a half ago. He says, climbing over snow banks when it was pouring down rain in the summer, whatever the weather, he was there. So Pollock approached Robertson, heard his story, and promised to give him a ride the next time he saw him. He has since driven him to work. He estimates between 40 and 50 times, and they've since become good friends. Pollock began sharing the story, which eventually caught the attention of a 19-year-old college student. His name is Evan Leedy, who identified with Robertson's plight and, and started a GoFundMe page to raise money to help him buy a car. Leedy was hoping to raise at least $5,000 to go towards a used vehicle. His hopes, however, were far exceeded when a matter, in just a matter of days, the donations exceeded $300,000. Pollock and Leedy worked together to surprise him with a brand new 2015 Ford Taurus. It's the car he always dreamed of owning because someday... Uh, it was because simple, it was simple on the outside and tough on the inside, just like him. So Pollock has also arranged for attorneys and financial planners to help manage Robertson's newfound fortune in an effort to ward off those who seek to take advantage and to help him plan for a financially sound future. Fox, Fox reported that Leedy saying that the money is that is being given to him, he earned every penny of it just by his work ethic and his attitude. Robertson is filled with deep appreciation calling those who donated to his cause the real heroes of his story. And this is what is so amazing. He has no plans to quit working because he says, I can't imagine not working. It's what I've always done. For 10 years, he walked. <laughs> now, I can't stand here and say that I would do that. I'm just being transparent. What would be the reward? I don't know. You can't see into the future. It looked bleak at that point in time. 10 years, 21 miles round trip, rain, sleep snow or sunshine and so if I could just end with this tonight it's very simple and I mean no disrespect but we can't wait for things to be perfect to build to plant we can't wait for things to be just right to work while it's still day there's always going to be hardship there's always going to be grief. And there's always going to be despair in the world and quite frankly, even in our own lives. I know that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to me. But what we're going to accomplish for God must be done now. We can't put off the plan and the purpose of God 
waiting on perfection in our life. This is not a license to sin. It's not an excuse to live however you want to live because we should always strive for perfection. But we can't wait until everything is just right to spread this gospel and to reach out to people. See, God knows exactly where each and every one of us are. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where we are, but the thing about it is, is he's not going to leave you there. He won't leave you there alone, but only for a season. He knows exactly what you're going through, but he will honor your faith in him. His word will not return to him void, and the work that we set out to accomplish for him will never be in vain. That's why the word says, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So as we stand together this evening, I leave us with this. It's time to build. It's time to plant. And it's time to prosper. It's time to build. It's time to plant. And it's time to prosper. Start that Bible study now. Teach that Sunday school class now. Join that outreach team now. Witness to that coworker now. Because the Lord has plans for each and every one of us. All we've got to do is step into it. And all we've got to do is seek Him. And then watch Him do a mighty work in each and every one of us because he says right now I know the thoughts that I think toward you I know the thoughts that I think toward you thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end he's got it in his hand all you got to do is step in it he's got a plan all you got to do is apply it can we lift our hands right now to heaven And would you ask the Lord to touch your heart right now as we sing and as we magnify Him. Lift your voice to the Lord in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.